0: ncia's cannabis industry voice begins now
1: hello thanks for tuning in to another episode of ncia's cannabis industry voice on cannabis radio i'm your host bethany moore and i'm the communications manager at the national cannabis industry association today i have two guests kara bradford and joanna monroe Kara is the CEO of Viridian Staffing, which was founded in 2013 to provide not only HR consulting, but also direct placements, consultants, and specialized temporary staffing solutions in the cannabis industry cannabis industry's first staffing and HR related company to become a member of NCIA in 2014. Wow, that was so long ago. Um, Kara is known as the godmother of cannabis industry recruiting and has been an HR professional for over 20 years. Her career has spanned multiple Fortune 100 companies and startups in a wide range of industries. Kara also sits on NCIA's Human Resources Committee currently as the chair emeritus. Joanna Monroe is a senior executive C-suite advisor and board director with a proven track record of helping companies transform and grow profits while reducing risk. With close to 25 years in staffing, she's an expert on human capital management, human resources, and employment law, and is highly regarded for implementing large-scale operational compliance and legal initiatives that contribute to high-performance business results and improve the bottom line. How nice to have both of you ladies on the show today.
2: Thank you for having us.
1: Great. Let's start by uh, getting to know you both a little bit better. Uh, Kara. I believe you were on NCIA's podcast almost four years ago when we first launched the show. So it's been a while. Let's remind our listeners about your background, your experience, and the, the kinds of things you did before moving into the cannabis industry space.
3: Wow, I can't believe that was four years ago. My goodness. <laughs> uh, well, we're we're now in our eighth year at Viridian. And of course, given that we often compare cannabis years to dog years, it's starting to become hard to remember a time before cannabis. But, uh, you know, I've been recruiting for decades. And so I'm doing in cannabis what I've always loved to do, which is, of course, putting together and matchmaking people and companies with one another. Now, in terms of the initial spark that convinced us to to start Viridian uh, way back when, uh, we, we had met this lovely woman who was looking to transition her medical cannabis product line into Washington's I-502 adult use market. And she came to us expressing the struggles that she was having finding people who had the right skills. And now this was back in 2013, And while we knew that we were taking a risk, uh, I really believe strongly that I believe strongly in the broader societal benefits that legalization would bring and wanted to bring my skill set and to help the industry to succeed.
1: Awesome. That's great. Yeah, I know. I know you've done recruiting for all kinds of different industries and, and cannabis is an amazing um coming together of, of so many different industries, agriculture and technology and everything in between. So that's, yeah, that's really nice. is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and Joanna, I'm just getting to know you uh, as well. Let's learn about your background and more about what you did and what made you get involved in cannabis with Cara.
2: Thank you for that. Yeah. So I'm an attorney. Um, I've been practicing for about 25 years and I spent about 20 of those years as the chief compliance and risk officer in a large publicly traded temporary staffing company. And we employed about 500,000 temporary workers and kind of industrial manual labor agricultural jobs. So in that role, I had the opportunity to kind of look across the country and see the landscape of employment laws. So really good background in kind of what's going on in the employment space. But um, we're a public company and uh, about five or six years ago, we started getting requests to staff cannabis operations. And uh, there were a lot of complexities, as you know, due to the banking issues and insurance. And as a public company, uh, they didn't want to touch it. And I thought, what a missed opportunity. And so I I left and Found uh, Kara and David and joined Viridian in 2018 and I haven't looked back. It's just been an amazing experience. It's a very dynamic and ever-changing industry, and I'm so happy to be able to support it.
1: That's a great story. I've heard several like that of, of people working with larger companies and and wanting to integrate cannabis into that company's, you know, suite of services and products and and the the stigma of cannabis and it not being federally legal continues to be a hurdle for many companies. So good for you for being great. Yeah, I, I can
2: tell you that, uh, yeah. Um, as a as a, an officer in a publicly traded company, I I got a lot of pushback from my board <laughs> and the CEO mm-hmm. about uh, how could how could you push something that's illegal under federal federal law. But I, I saw the vision.
1: Good for you for being brave and living living by your values and, and taking that risk. Absolutely great. So here we are in 2020. And uh, it was actually six years ago, Kara, not four. I uh, know math, math is getting more difficult. But <laughs> six years ago, if you can believe it, and I started at NCIA a little over six and a half years ago, which is blowing my mind. But here we are in the year 2020. And Kara, you're CEO of Viridian, which has been around since 2013. Let's talk more about your role in day to day and what's going on with the company this year.
3: It is a new adventure every single day. One Tell minute, me <laughs> I mean, one minute, I'll be having some, a job strategy discussion with our clients, and then I'm um, meeting with the team. And then the next minute, um, working with the client to help them determine what's the best diversity and inclusion training they should be offering to their employees. Mm-hmm. And a minute later, I'm on the phone interviewing a candidate for a CFO position. So while I am very grateful to spend most of my time at this point on more strategic initiatives and supporting my incredible retru- recruiting and, and temporary staffing teams. I recruiting is my passion and I still love picking up the phone or getting on a Zoom call I guess at this point and mm-hmm. speaking with C level candidates and some of those more highly specialized candidates like ahead of cultivation or ahead of extraction and when what's really nice about speaking with them is it really helps me to keep my finger on the pulse of the trends within the industry, and I'm just blessed with an incredible team like Joanna and David and so many others that allow allow me to have the bandwidth to be able to make time to still do what I love doing, which of course is recruiting.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and of course, I know you and David very well over the years. You're both very involved in NCIA, which we appreciate. Uh, I always see you at our events, which I miss so much, our Cannabis Business Summit and Expo. Oh, I, next I know. year, next year. <laughs> I know, we're going to get into that Moscone Center. It's going to happen. We were so excited to expand to the size of getting into San Francisco's Moscone Center. And of course covid Mm
3: -hmm. (laughs) yeah Uh, we already had our hotel booked and everything and so uh, uh, it's such a bummer
1: (laughs) yes agree but um we pivoted to a cyber version a digital version this year so that we can continue to provide education so the cannabis business summit cyber edition is happening november 10th 11th and 12th this year Uh, we're all just kind of embracing that digital world And um, I'm glad we're able to do it. And if anyone wants to register, if you're an NCIA member, just head to www.cannabisbusinesssummit.com. And we're offering complimentary access for all NCIA members. And if you're not a member of NCIA but want to get in on all this education and virtual networking, you can still register for early bird prices at this point. Uh, but I know nothing can replace that face to face communication. So, uh, I'm, you know, some industries are more difficult than others, some services are more difficult than others to continue. Um, but recruiting, I'm, I'm guessing you're doing a lot more Zoom video calls, as as you mentioned, and not able to go go have coffee with with your clients anymore. But we do our best, and we're adjusting, and uh, hopefully by next year we can start to return to our in-person events for sure.
3: Absolutely, and I am really excited that we're going to be speaking with some of, or well, I'll be speaking with some of the fellow members of the HR committee uh, at the Cyber Business Summit. So very excited to be doing that as well.
1: Awesome. All right, let's take our first commercial break and then we'll be right back to chat more with Kara and Joanna from Veridian Staffing. Stay tuned.
0: NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Sugis now at shoogie or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Sugis, the sweet, sweet, take
2: anywhere treat. Plant Plant Profits. I'm Vern Davis, and I'd like to introduce you to some of the most forward-thinking executives and companies in the cannabis industry. We call them the Plant Profits. Each week on Plant Profits, we talk to the people at the forefront of the industry, creating real companies and career opportunities. We'll learn from the people leading the charge into the promised land of profit. Plant Profits is powered by Protus Global, people solutions firm that has been building companies, changing lives since 1995. P-R-O-T-I-S com. produce global find plant profits now at cannabis radio.com or wherever you get your podcasts hey take a look
3: at this they're selling smart pots <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart where is it not that kind of pot so it seems like a smart investment. Look for Smart Pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at SmartPots.com.
0: Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's cannabis industry voice only on CannabisRadio.com.
1: All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio, and we've been chatting with Kara Bradford and Joanna Monroe from Viridian Staffing, who's been a member of NCIA since 2014. Gosh, the years are just flying by. But let's talk about what's happening this year. Let's let's talk about current trends in hiring that you all are seeing this year in 2020, and uh if COVID-19 is impacting that process and I I wonder what employers should be thinking about right now when they're looking at their hiring plans. Um, Kara, do you have some insight there?
3: Yeah, great, great area to jump into. And we've been very busy at in the past several months. We were busy before, but definitely with COVID we're seeing increased demand for temporary labor and this is for a couple of different reasons. So the first being, you know, let's say that a client has a team or work crew who gets exposed. And then, of course, they need to quarantine. And then the company realizes that operations, or at least a portion of those operations, could cease if they don't get a new group of people in. So we're often seeing companies reach out to us for temporary staff in this case. And the second being companies reacting to the uncertain business environment that's been created by COVID nineteen, and while some companies have continued to expand rapidly, and thank goodness we're essential businesses in many places, or most places, uh, for that matter, Everywhere we are but Massachusetts. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's true, uh, but you know we are seeing others that are coming to us for temporary staff and consultants, even in more senior roles. And they're looking for them to come in at kind of more of a temp to hire situation until they have a better understanding of what that impact is going to be or has been to their business. Um, In addition to your traditional temporary roles that we've seen this increase in, we're also seeing a really significant demand right now for, um, a couple other positions, namely sales and heads of extraction. And then another trend that we're I'm really excited to finally see, uh, and we're seeing so much more of it now, are companies reaching out to us regarding their diversity and inclusion programs. And I've posted several free resources on LinkedIn, and I'm happy to uh, share these also on the NCIA Connect boards as well. But we've definitely noticed an uptick in interest in this area, which we have been very happy to assist with both directly and indirectly depending on what the specific needs or goals of the company are. And then a couple more trends I want to mention just real quickly. Uh, We we have seen increased layoffs in the past several months and these layoffs are continuing and this is especially in kind of that senior manager to C-suite roles and while some of those layoffs could have been COVID related, more were due to companies either pivoting or they're having to cut staff to help shore up some of their balance sheets. And then one more to mention that is very concerning to us being in the HR space is that we're seeing companies start to falter in um, in terms of compliance uh, in employment law and HR best practices. In the way they're approaching layoffs or even in their hiring process, uh, we're, we're starting to see some faltering of, of being in compliance in those areas. And I know people are super concerned about, you know, COVID and the fires, especially on the West Coast and all of these other things going on. But uh, it's really important that we, we continue to be compliant in those areas of employment law and HR best practices.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You made a lot of great points there um, to unpack quickly. And how scary to be in a position where your entire team would have to go away and quarantine for two weeks, I think is the, still the recommendation, 14 days. Yeah. Like, wow, I can't imagine that. Oh, such a risk to bring a team in if one person gets exposed. I, I can imagine right. the impact. So having having like a plan B team ready to go so you can have smooth operations is, wow, that's, that's, that's a hell of a thing that someone has to think about. And it, it's a very 2020 dumpster fire problem. <laughs> right. To have. Yeah, uh, no,
3: absolutely. And we have seen some companies be really great about uh, making smaller teams and having them work in maybe groups of four where they were mm-hmm. working in groups of 12 before. Mm-hmm. That way, if someone is exposed, you know, the exposure is limited uh, to those individuals versus a larger team, so.
1: Reducing risk, calculating risk, it's, it's, uh, wow, yeah, something we're all focused on in so many ways, and I appreciate you mentioning diversity and inclusion as well. NCIA has taken that up even more so this year than in previous years. And our membership manager, Tahir Johnson, is heading up our Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Committee, working with them, and also overseeing our equity scholarship program for equity licensees. And NCIA Connect is such a great resource. Thanks for mentioning that also. If you're an NCIA member and haven't logged in, people like Kara are posting resources like the resources she developed for LinkedIn to share. So if you haven't logged in yet as an NCI member, please do for sure. Um, So I I wanna switch to the idea of hiring your team. It, It sounds really exciting, building a team, you're envisioning everyone working together in harmony, everyone's a star team player, your hiring process is important to get to that crucial point. So it's the first step to getting your team. Um, Joanna, with your background in employment law, I wonder if you could share some insight on maybe the do's and don'ts of that hiring process before you even get a candidate in the door or on the Zoom call.
2: (laughs) Sure, Um, let me just start out by saying that employing people is a risky business and it is getting riskier all the time. It used to be that the laws around employment were read at the federal level. And so you kind of knew from state to state what to expect in terms of minimum wage and other things around employment. And then you know, California, Massachusetts, Illinois, um, they started to build their own regulatory frameworks, but it was manageable if you're a multi-state employer. But over the last five years, we have seen an explosion of employment regulation at the state and local level. And now employers have to be aware of the rules from city by city or they can get into some serious trouble. Um, Complicating this, at the same time, there's been a dramatic increase in the number of employment lawsuits filed against employers. Uh, Employees are suing for harassment, discrimination, wage and hour issues, and I have to tell you that juries are sympathetic to these cases. And a claim, for example, in California for discrimination could easily cost you seven figures. Um, So when you're hiring, it's really important that you make sure that your processes are compliant or you could be facing a lawsuit. Um, if an employer hires a lot of people and they have a systemic issue, they could be facing a class action. So um, really there are two areas I want to focus on in the employment uh, hiring process. The first is discrimination and let's face it, look what's going around, uh, going on in our environment. Uh, this is the time that we really have to be f- focused not just on non-discrimination, but we really have to be focused on diversity, inclusion and, and what our companies are doing to fight systemic racism. But at the most fundamental legal level, um, I think everybody's aware that it's illegal to make employment decisions based on somebody's status in a protected class, such as race, ethnicity, or sex. Um, And the definition of protected classes, which was first outlined by the EEOC, well, that has been dramatically expanded at the state and local level. So um, who's protected in one jurisdiction uh, might not be protected in another. And my advice to folks is rather than try to keep up with every new protected class, the best way to avoid a claim of discrimination is to simply be aware of your implicit biases and to make sure that your decisions in hiring and employing people are based on objective facts. So, just a couple of points on discrimination it can occur throughout the hiring process it can start with your job posting for example if you use words like strong in your job description it could deter women from applying um, it can also happen in the in the screening process uh, a big no-no would be um, an employer asking somebody about their family status and saying hey are you going to be able to work or are you going to be stuck at home with your kids homeschooling that is not a good question to ask Um, Stay away from questions about medical conditions. Um, And I think that's coming up more and more right now in the COVID environment. Um, One other thing to be aware of in the hiring process is that many states and and local jurisdictions have passed laws that prohibit you from asking what a person is making. So don't ask about somebody's salary. And the rationale is that women and minorities have traditionally been paid less. And so if you ask somebody what they're making, you're going to set the pay based on that versus what the job is actually um, set for. And that could perpetuate the problem. So make sure you don't ask that questions. And when you're you're setting pay, make sure that you pay equal for equal work and be able to justify any salary differences based on objective facts, such as experience, education, and merit. So um, one question you might have uh, is, what can you ask? And uh, I would just coach people that, rather than asking what people are currently making, you can ask them what their salary expectations are. So definitely a lot to think about.
1: Yeah, that's really good advice for employers, absolutely. Um, We have to keep up on all of these important aspects of hiring and especially mentioning social diversity, equity, women, people of color, absolutely right. The statistics don't lie. They are are still traditionally paid at a a much lower rate than than your average middle aged white guy. All right, let's take our uh, second commercial break and then we'll come back and get some more insight from Kara and Joanne with advice about hiring. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
0: NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors.
3: It's time to Hem Present, only on Cannabis Radio.
2: the business of cannabis should be no
3: crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get
1: it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, channel. You know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc.
2: Vampire,
3: a show dedicated to exploring the many potential therapeutic uses of the cannabis plant. Once a cornerstone of healing and now making a heroic comeback, Cannabis has the potential to promote health and well-being, bring the body back to homostasis, and foster recovery for a healthier way of living. Hempire focuses on a diverse
1: range of serious health issues, presenting views ranging from those of patients and their loved ones through those of researchers and medical professionals. Welcome to
2: Hempire.
0: Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com.
1: All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio, and we're getting lots of helpful information from Kara and Joanna from Viridian Staffing for Employers. Kara, as we mentioned, you've been doing this for a long time, and I'm sure you've seen some employers make some mistakes. Could you maybe share some stories, horror stories of some of the mistakes you've seen, maybe some of the dumb
3: things that have happened over the years? We we definitely see several instances of mistakes happening in the interview process. And most companies are pretty good about not making these mistakes, but there are a lot of companies out there that are super concerned about cannabis compliance. So they kind of forget about the areas of employment compliance uh, that we've been talking about. And we'll hear of candidates who have been asked everything from, you know, do you have kids? Or are you planning on having kids? What are your kids' schedules? To instead of asking someone early on in the screening process if they can lift a minimum of 50 pounds, we'll have a candidate that goes to either an onsite full interview loop or a Zoom interview. And the interviewer, you know, looks at the individual and thinks, Oh, they're older or they don't look like they can lift 50 pounds. And they'll actually ask the question, now, are you sure you can lift a minimum of 50 pounds? And we just should not be asking those questions. And so this is why it's so important to have interviewer training. And Bethany, I think we actually did a blog post with you all several years ago on best practices and interviewing. So I'd recommend checking that out, but also having a formal interviewer training program in place for anyone who is going to be conducting interviews with your company. And then on the job description side, we've seen everything from job descriptions that say we're looking for strong men who are going to come work for the harvest to job descriptions with language regarding background checks that is phrased in a way in the job posting that is technically not legal to have it phrased that way in the job posting.
1: Right, right. We're looking for a woman with small
2: hands who can type really (laughs)
1: fast. Okay, I don't know about that.
2: (laughs) Yeah, Kara, I'm I'm glad you raised the area of background checks uh, because that's really the other big concern in uh, in the hiring process. And really, there are two areas of risk for employers. The first is negligent hiring. And that's a situation when you should have done a background check based on the nature of the job, and you didn't, and something bad happens. So let's imagine uh, you hire an employee with an assault record, and he gets into a dispute with a customer, and he hits him, and now the customer is suing you. You're on the hook for negligent hiring, potentially so that's one area but on the other hand if you draft a policy that is so broad that you're over screening you could definitely get into trouble with the eeoc and the issue is as we know minorities have had higher rates of arrest and conviction so if you have an over screening policy that's too broad and screening out for irrelevant offenses you could have a disparate impact on minorities And that's definitely something that uh, you want to watch out for. So the EEOC has issued guidance on this. um, And I would encourage all employers to take a look at this. But the bottom line is your policy should be thoughtful. And it should screen for the crimes based on the role and the work environment. So taking an individualized approach, looking at the position, and making sure that you're screening out for the the crimes that matter and that are relevant. Another uh, important thing to do to make sure you're not gonna end up with some sort of discrimination issue is that if you have a background check that comes with an issue, you should take some time to, to look at it and conduct what they call an individualized assessment. And that's really, you know, here's what your policy is and what it screens for, but if we actually take a look at what the crime is, you know, how does that relate to the risk that a person might pose on the job? And sometimes you can't tell from the background check. Um, And it's important that you reach out to the applicant to ask more about the circumstances. That's okay to do before you make a decision. So, you know, definitely some issues there. And I'll just comment on one other issue around background checks. And that's, it's not just the policy itself, but it's the process. The process of how you conduct a background check is highly regulated. You've probably heard of things like ban the box laws. And those laws really talk about the process and when you can talk about a criminal history issue, so you can't put that you're going to request a criminal history uh, in your job posting, and you certainly shouldn't have a uh, criminal history is required in your application, and that's again because the reality is if if an applicant with an old criminal history uh, sees that they may de- be deterred from even applying uh, because they have some DUI from 15 years ago, mm. um, so it's really important that you uh, you you wait until a conditional offer of employment is made before you talk about background checks. In fact, and this goes to the point about city by city regulation, Los Angeles um, says that you must include in your job postings that you will consider people with criminal histories. So it's actually an invitation to apply, even if you've got something on your record. Um, And then the last last little piece on process is, is making sure you're following something called the Fair Credit Reporting Act. Um, and if you don't know what that is, it's worth a quick look. Um, it's, it's a very regulated process that makes sure that you provide disclosure uh, to the individual that you're going to conduct a background check and that you get very specific authorization. And if a background check comes back bad, you have to give that person notice and let them go try to sort it out with the credit reporting agency. It's not uncommon for criminal histories to be off. And that allows the person to fight before you um, actually tell them they can't have the job. And gotcha. then... If, if in fact it is a bad conviction and it's related to the job and they pose a risk, you should send that final adverse action letter. So this Fair Credit Reporting Act is no joke. <laughs> um, it is uh, it is highly regulated and the content and the use of the forms that, that you have, um, if you use the wrong form, it can cost you uh, $500 per violation and that can add up into millions in a class action.
1: Yikes. Yeah, absolutely. And and with a lot of this record expungement going on, I think this is a relevant topic as well. And, and we want to see record expungement of minor drug offenses, absolutely. So in that process, um, it's it's good to be aware and have some sympathy to these issues for sure. Uh, We do have to wrap in just a minute. This has been such an amazing amount of information for employers to protect themselves. Seems like a a hiring mistake has a lot of long-term impacts for the employer. Uh, Any final advice you could share, Kara, for um, employers to protect themselves before, during, and after the process of hiring?
3: Yeah, in addition to the potential legal ramifications of making a poor hiring decision, you know, it could end up costing an employer up to 300% of that employee's salary when it's all said and done. So let's take, for example, a, a $50,000 position. If you potentially make a poor hiring decision, a company could actually incur up to about $150,000 in fines, legal fees, lost productivity, training, replacement cost, And this isn't even to mention the damage that Unfortunately, a disgruntled former employee could cause your employer brand on social media and even potentially mm-hmm. to your customer base.
1: So true. So true. There's so much to talk about on these issues. And I, I appreciate that your company is a member of NCIA, so you can provide this insight uh, for other NCIA members who who need this information. So thanks you both for being on the show today and sharing this information. And I look forward to seeing more blogs and uh, getting more information and logging on to NCIA Connect and seeing what kind of information you're sharing with the membership. So thank you both again for being on the show today. Uh, Where can people find out more about Viridian Staffing?
3: They can definitely go to our website, which is just viridianstaffing.com. They can also go to NCIA's member pages and find us, uh, our link on that page as well.
1: Great. Thank you, Kara. And thank you, Joanna, for being on the show. And thanks, everybody, for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. Until next time.